The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome again to the Rotherham United podcast. Today we will be doing one of our last episodes of the Greatest Eleven. We'll be picking the manager, our greatest ever manager. Uh, we'll go through the really some really really good ones we've had, and we'll talk about some tremendously bad ones. Uh, we'll narrow it down to at least, well, probably four. Like I think we can get four, and then we'll put that out for a vote. Uh, we've got a full house joining us again, Mick, Dan, and Ben. Hello. Um, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll get down, get down. Hopefully, this will be a much more popular selection than the strikers was. Uh, I blame Michael for not picking. I do for the first one, Arden, whatever he's called. <laughs> Wally Arden, Wally Arden. Wally Arden, that was ridiculous. Arden, <laughs> I don't care. It is good to be part of it. Yeah, fair enough. And we picked Bobby Williamson and Bobby, Bobby Williamson is through, so anyway, not seen. Alfie and Bobby Williamson are strikers in the greatest 11. Um, pretty close vote. Alfie won about 39%. Bobby Williamson about 28 something like that. Well, it was quite a close vote. Not, um, not a fairly popular uh, decision, though, was it? The, um, the top four. There's obviously someone missing that, um, that a lot of people wanted, including <clears throat> myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got to obviously... Twitter and Facebook from Ronnie, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's this is not a spoiler. I just think it's fair to say he'll be in the final four today. I think he'll win it. He's got to win it, hasn't he? I think he's got to be in this one. But uh, we'll uh, move on to that in a moment. I think Ben has got not a full not a quiz today, but some guest of players. Yeah, I've got two guest of players. Uh... So that first, and then we'll uh, move on to other stuff. So Ben, have yeah. two Millers players. Uh, well, you'll find out for the clues if it's a Rotherham player. I'll say in the clue, but I might have two Rotherham players, might have no Rotherham players. You never know. Well, you do it now, so why don't you just tell us now? I'm going to say you meant to no. really tell us. First. Okay. Well, you'll see in the clues. 
You do know it's the Rotherham United podcast, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. But I'm running out of Rotherham United players that are. Okay. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, we're still here, mate. Ah, okay. Ready? Yeah. yeah. He played for his national teams, under 15s team, under 16s team, under 17s team, under 18s team, under 20s team, and under 21s team. Bodak. Nope. Both wrong. Anyway, mate? No, no idea. His brother also played professional playing in cent- central midfield. Matt Derbyshire. Nope. Paul Pogba. No, nope. Yeah, I'm just thinking modern players here. I'm always... I am, but I don't know what's what, so I don't know what to guess. I never said it was a Rodham player. I know so. he didn't. Right, are you ready? Yeah. yeah. He has played over 1,000 professional matches. Mike. Yep. Uh, Peter Shilton. Nope. Pele. Nope. Danny, can no, I have a guess? No. Maldini. <clears throat> nope. He was selected in the UEFA Team of the Year six consecutive times, which is a record for his position. It's not a Robin player, then. No, I don't think it's a Robin player. <laughs> Modric. Nope. But you, you, you say all it captures it, so he's not played for his national team at full level. Uh, did I say that? You, you just named all the youth. You players. implied it. Yeah. Implied it, yeah. All right. Well, he's played for his national team oh, as well. Thank you. All right. Anyway, I'm out of guess. Mick, what was that? Six guess? consecutive UEFA, te- UEFA team? Team of the years. Is that, like, is that like a Champions League thing? Yeah. All right, go. UEFA, Buffon. the Europa League or Champions League. Yeah. Buffon. Nope. Mick, can I have a guess? No, no, yeah. He has the most appearances in the Champions League of any player. Ooh. Hmm. So somebody we should definitely know then. Oh God! If you don't know him, then you sh- you don't know football, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. Diego Costa. Nope. <laughs> Sergio Ramos. Nope. Uh, Casillas. Yes, Matt buddy. Yeah. Oh, that was just. A... <laughs> uh, that what? Was... That was just a, a complete guess. That is Casillas. Oh, there you go. Rest at cute clues were he helped captain his national team to a World Cup win, which is the third time that it's ever been done by a goalkeeper. He played for two clubs in his career and spent over 16 years at one. And he played for Porto and Real Madrid. So good clues there. Yep. Got one more. Yeah. Matt's on. Which one did you guess it on, Matt? The The most appearances. Four points for Matt then. Boom. I take it. I take it. His brother weren't very good. No, somewhere in France, like third tier, I think. Uh, <clears throat> the next one is he was born in Peterborough. Dave Evans. Nope. Leo Fortune West. Nope. <sighs> Mick, care to have a guess? Yeah, I do. Go on. Uh, Lee Frecklington. No. 
Before it's we Irish. Move on, can I just mention, can I just point out that Danny thought Steve Evans were born in Peterborough? <laughs> yeah. Scottish Steve Evans. Frecklington's Irish. I don't think you were born in Ireland, though. Right. <clears throat> he made 20 appearances for Rotherham. 20. Lee yep. Glover hates Scottish and all, actually. No. That's not a lot of appearances. No. Um, Mick. Yeah. Jordan Bowery. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Danny? I ain't got a clue. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Ben Perrington. No. He's only scored five professional goals after leaving Rotherham. Oh, that's right. Gary Martindale. Nope. That's a shame. I wanted to be Gary Martindale. Hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares to have a guess anymore? Right. He has played in the Eredivisie for Vitesse. No. Uh, okay. Oh, no, this one. Oh. 22. Uh, uh, is he brown? Yes. Yes. Nice. Matt's got 10, well, 10 points and he wins. Oh, no, six points, uh, nine points even. So yeah, It doesn't matter, does it? He's won. won. Matt wins again. Again. Oh. Danny, you need to win one. Need to get I just say, I've just made, I've just had a look. Uh, the player I thought it was, and he did play for Vitesse as well. Noah Dicko. Did he really? I didn't know that. Last season. All oh, right. He scored more than five goals after leaving us, though. He scored three against us. Well, yeah. <laughs> he scored four for one club and one for another. So. Uh, what is he Brown? One yeah. for Leeds, I take it. Mm, I, I think Luton. I think. I think it was. I think it was Luton. I think he probably scored for Huddersfield as well. Yeah, I think it was four at Huddersfield and one at Luton. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame for him. Uh, he's a good player, isn't he, Brown? Very good player. Yeah, he in- injured his hamstring, didn't he, on that first game? No, he had a cruise ship. Cruise ship, even. Like a Premier League debut, is cruise ship, isn't it? Yeah. Right, shall we move on to the manager section? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, as always, we will do the greatest managers. We'll narrow it down to four. <clears throat> but... Again, as always, let's start with some absolute donkeys of managers. Uh, Danny, have any managers that stand out as being horrendously bad? Kenny Jacket. Kenny Jacket, yeah. Shortest manager, right. shortest manager of reign in our history. Is it? Alan Stubbs. Oh. We should show you one at a time. Yeah, but there's just so <laughs> many in recent years. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Jacket were a particularly frustrating one because it was... Sort of a well-known name. Yeah. And you, so when he came in, you thought, we've got somebody who knows if, if we're a championship, we're, we're looking like definitely going to get relegated. You thought, if we get relegated, we've got a good name. You've got somebody who's, you know, can potentially attract the right type of players, this, that, and other. Yeah. And then, yeah, didn't, yeah and just jacked it in, what, five, five games in. Um, five games, yeah. Yeah, it just bottled it, didn't it? Big time. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know what his problem was. Um, just spineless. Absolutely spineless. Mm. Uh, but then you look at his, you look at his previous clubs, and then you start to think, well, hang on a minute, 
this is a man, really, I guess. Watford, Swansea, Millwall, Wolves, Portsmouth now. He's, he's looking at clubs where he thinks, with the exception of probably Millwall and us, where he thinks he's going to be able to spend a load of money. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it were, but that it was pathetic, absolutely pathetic. And for me, because of the way he behaved, I put him above Stubbs as a, as a worse manager. That's me. Would you? Yeah, well, I think Stubbs messed up everything to do with club. Well, yeah, Stubbs case he came in as as this bright young thing. I remember Tony Stewart said something on the lines of that Alan Stubbs could be a future England manager, which obviously didn't go very well. Um, Didn't he come from Scotland? He won the Scottish Cup. Won the Scottish Cup with Hibs, and he came. He came in and bought in all these Scottish players like Scott Allen, Dominic Ball, a couple of others. Volks obviously one that worked out, Uh, but he bought in all these players that didn't really. Well, they didn't know how to play English football, and because Scottish football is completely different ball game. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And he never he never connected with fans. I seem to remember he did an interview. One of one of Journalists asked him basically, you know, why, you know, do you, why do you not clap fans and things like that? Which is fine if you don't clap fans. Don't, I don't necessarily have a problem, but if he said something along the lines of, "Well, I don't need to clap the fans to show them this, that, or other," yeah. but then when you're getting spanked four 0 away to Barnsley, who just got promoted, yeah. you need to be showing something. You need to. There needs to be a connection between the club and the fans and the manager. Yeah. And the, the greatest ones that will come on to are the ones that connected with the fans. Yeah, and I don't know if that's our club or other clubs, but it's, it seems well for me. It's massively important that you get the fans on board. Yeah, and it will be like it'll be sort of at least sort of likable because then you get a bit more time to be a successful manager. He won well, one game out of fourteen. Personality free zone, weren't Alan Stubbs? Yeah. No, and and to be fair, I remember the first game at home to Wolves. Mm. That first half of that first game. Were as good as I've ever seen a Rotherham United team play. Yeah, we went two 0 up, didn't we? Hammered them. We did. We were, we were yeah. unbelievable. We, that was the season when we went two 0 up in every game and blew it, didn't we? But then, yeah. yeah, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre. The second half, one of the worst performances I've ever seen. How, how is that possible? Yeah. Um, anyway, it was just one of them teams. As soon as we put a bit of pressure on, they just collapsed. They, they just had no. Well, it didn't feel like they had support. Right. From the background, background, there's no sort of plan if things sort of went went badly. Um, and the signings, Dexter Blackstock was probably the worst signing in our history, our yeah. most expensive contract ever, and it's just awful. Yeah. I mean, like we, we talked about it with the strikers last week. The worst thing Stubbs did was let Derbyshire go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He let Derbyshire go. He put all his eggs in Johnson Clark Harris, who got injured. Yeah. And we had no strikers. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, it didn't last very long. Uh, a couple yeah. of other ones to mention that were poor in the past. Mick Hartford uh, went in, off in 2005. Yeah. He followed Ronnie, which was always going to be a difficult job to follow anyway. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a really tough task. Um... He was one of those. I remember we, we, when they were doing main stand, we were sat railway end. And as we were walking past, we were walking past the way dugouts. And somebody gave him a shout, obviously just gave him some abuse, saying, sort it out, something like that. He, t- he turned around to fans and said, well, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. I remember being there, like, I was, what, 15-year-old, thinking, you're the manager of this team. It's your <laughs> job to sort it out. Yeah. And he didn't sort it out. Got, thankfully, he got sacked and all. Yeah. 
not a great, not a great manager really, to be fair. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> One of the further back that got a mentions on Twitter, which you know, you'll, you'll know a bit more, but Danny Bagheera, Mick. Yes, he didn't have a great, not a great record. Danny came. Uh, it, it, to be fair, it's a difficult to again. It's difficult to. Um, Thing to follow after we'd just been to Wembley with Gemmell and McGovern. Um, oh, I couldn't stand by the way. Well, <laughs> sorry, Archie Gemmell, I, I dislike that man with a passion still. Uh, but it, you know, we, we had a decent season, we'd gone to Wembley, we'd had a win there and everything else. Um, and then I don't know, I don't know what the thinking were behind Danny Bagara at all. Um, and and to be fair, seven wins out of 50 games. Tells its own story, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the shocker. Absolute shocker. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it helped us on to, to bigger and better things, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah allowed, allowed Roy to come in. And, uh... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you talk about Mick Arthur, but th- those were difficult times. They were really difficult times for a club. Um, that yeah, was right around the time that we were in, uh, in deep mire. Yeah, I think it was McArthur was a really weird one. He won like he won five games, but he won four games by about October. Yeah. And then, and then by end of December, we'd we'd not won anymore. It yeah. just it, it was a bit like the Alan Stubbs thing, but we a bit more. I think it, as soon as we started struggling, he just couldn't turn it round. No, no, absolutely. And unfortunately, if you if you if you're a manager and you can't turn it round, you ain't gonna make it as a manager. No. One of the things you need to be able to do is is turn a losing run into a winning one or. Yeah. At least some wins, anyway. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Any other ones you want to mention as the uh, go on the bad list? I haven't um, got any more. Can I just mention Kenny Jackett again? <laughs> just because, I, just because I, I, I've got a real problem with him. I, I genuinely have. I've got a real problem with the bloke for what he did to us. Because he's a good... Well, I say he's a good manager. Is he a good manager? He's not really proved it anyway, has he? No. I got one to promote about but... I could, I could have probably got that Wolves squad promoted. Finalist get. Uh, one person we haven't mentioned, which, again, we should definitely mention, Andy Scott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's another one that were very similar to McArthur. It started pretty well. I seem yeah. to remember, yeah, in the first couple of months, he had Alfie and Graben in the same team. Yeah. And it was going brilliantly. And then Alfie left. You've seen that, innit? Yeah, no, tell me about it. Alfie left for you know semi decent money, um, but again it was it was same as that McArthur McArthur thing. As soon as we started struggling, he yeah. just lost complete control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he went on to less good thing. He went to Aldershot and got them relegated from football league. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but there's a bit of a theme with these 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 bad bad managers. Kenny Jackets was was awful. He's been followed on by a successful manager and so successful so far in Warney. Yeah. Uh, Andy Scott was terrible. He got followed on by Steve Evans. Yeah. And also Danny Bagheera, he was terrible and got followed by Ronnie Moore. Yeah. So unfortunately, I suppose that's football where you have to take some absolute garbage. Yeah. Mm. Thin, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose you do really, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to some more positive stuff. Move on to the greatest manager, see if we can get in the... Put it down to the final four. Yeah. Um, we'll start with sort of present day. I don't think I don't think we can pull him in, but I think Warney at the moment is potentially shaping up to be one of our greatest managers. 
Yes. I think he is. He's been here, what, four years now, is it? Uh, yeah, November 16, so, well, three and a half years. So nearly four years. I think he's just, I don't know, he's loved by fans and loved by, look, looks what, like everyone in the club, doesn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, as much as it was a horrendous start, when he first, I mean, that first game he came in against Burton, well, obviously, mm. in post-match, he's basically in tears on radio because he's just upset that he's let everybody down and... For to where we are now, he's a completely different manager, probably a slightly different person as well. It's, it's obviously took its toll in positive, negative ways. Yeah. Um, but in terms of a manager, in terms of his managerial style, he's come on just ridiculously. Mm. Warney, for me, the difference for Warney between Warney and all the other really good managers we have, and I include Ronnie in this, I think, and this is obviously speaking purely as a fan, as an outsider from the club. So I'd stand to be corrected. Um, Paul Warren's not just about the personality. Mm. It's not just about him and his ability to manage players. It's about, it's the whole package with Paul Warren. Everything that is created mm. in the club, along with along with Tony Stewart, the, the, the whole, it's like the perfect storm. You know, everything has turned 20, 30, 40 times more professional than it's ever been before. Mm. Um, there's a long-term plan, you know. It's not a short-term. Let's just try and get ourselves promoted and get everybody. It, there's a long-term plan as to what to do with the club and what to do with the team and everything else. Plus all the all the work that goes on behind the scenes that's never really happened before. Um, and that all for me, most of it, if not all of it, comes from Warney. Um, so for me, he is the complete package. Probably more of a complete package than we've ever had. Mm. As a manager, um, I, I think it, you know we've 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 all the way through this we've said no, no nobody from the club can can get in this. For me, I think he's probably not the best manager we've ever had, but I'm absolutely positive he will be. Yeah, mm. I, I will probably agree with that. He's got he's on the it could be he's he's got what he needs. Do it. He's almost there. If you know, you know, if he gets another promotion, yeah, and can consolidate at championship level, then yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, but because we don't know what he's got in future, I, I don't think we should include him just because. Well, no. Who knows what's going to happen? It could all go backwards and yeah, yeah. Get really get in League One next year if, if we don't go up. So you know, I think we'll probably leave that one there for for time being. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Danny, oh, do you want to give any anybody you fancy? Is it one of your, you know, favourite managers of your time so far? Uh, of my time. Well, you can go all time, but I suppose if you, you know, you weren't around in eighty, so I don't suppose you're getting somebody from eighties, will you? No, I like Ronnie more, but he wasn't necessarily my time. Well, you can talk about Ronnie now if you want. Ah, uh, no, I'll let I'll let one of you two old ones <laughs> pick Ronnie. I'm gonna say, I think Steve Evans was a good manager. Yeah. For a big okay. game. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, I, I personally, yeah, I don't... I don't think he should be in top four ever. Really? Not ever, no. Because I, th- I think his style like of loaning players, it was a very much uh, this season, looking at this season and this season only, not trying to progress with a club. True. 
but his achievements uh back-to-back promotions i don't it's hardly comes around every year does it every couple of years no, very true. Uh, and like I say, it's the amount of players he signed. I can't. I dread to imagine how much money we spent on signing on fees and this yeah. and things, and cancelling contracts and loan fees. The time he was with us, but I suppose you can't argue it. Double promotion. You know, there's not many clubs get a double promotion in their history. Never mind two yeah. in recent two in recent years. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like I say, it was massively a short term. Think and I think when Stuart brought him in, he was a, a basically a short-term appointment. He tried these longer-term ones. He tried Robbins, which didn't work. He tried Ronnie back, which didn't work. He tried Andy Scott, which didn't work. And he, he got Steve Evans, who just got Crawley promoted to, to League Two, who was, who was on the verge of getting promoted again, weren't he? Yeah. Crawley left us, left the promotion to come to us, and we were stuck in League Two for all them years. It were just I think might be, I might be wrong. But it felt like we're just right. Get somebody in to get us out of this league. Whoever it is, just yeah. get out of this league. Mm. And you know, it blossomed into something a bit better to get us into championship. In end. Oh, just madness. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and some of the you know players he brought in that that team we had in League Two were just well, they weren't a League Two team, were it? No, no it was very. No. It was a good League <clears> One team. Yeah, got Frecklington, O'Connor, and people like that. Which uh, were just again like what League One team, and just sort of comparing to Ronnie. Right, so I'll move on to Ronnie right now. This is why for me that Evans is not as good as Ronnie because that when Ronnie first came over, we didn't have any money, did we? No. no. The team, the, the team Evans had was a League One team. The team yeah. that Ronnie had was a, was a Division Three team, a League Two team. Yeah. Mm. Um, Evans, Evans had back. <clears throat> Of Stuart, I don't think Ronnie had that much backing financially from Boothy. No, he never never did. Um, the problem with Steve Evans for me is it's a, it's a really it's a really tough one for me because yeah, he's given us some fantastic times. Mm. Can't argue with that. You know, the the, the Wembley win against Leighton Orient, the double promotion, like you said, all those things. Yeah, fantastic times. Greatest manager? Nah, nah, not a manager, is he? Not a manager in the sense of the word manager. I don't mean I'm not. I don't mean he's not a. You're very black and white. Well, yeah. Just look at him, man. He's a, he's a bully. The man is a bully. <laughs> That's how he goes through life. That's how he's got through life. It's quite clear. And, and I think if you would probably talk to some of the players that he, that he managed in inverted commas, they, you know, candidly, they'd tell you the same. Um, yeah, he, he did a great job for us, and I, I can't argue with that. But a manager. He's not my kind of manager, but you know other people would disagree, and I, and I accept that completely based based on his results. But yeah. you know he's it, it, got that shotgun approach to everything, hasn't he? Shot, yeah. You know he's got a shotgun approach to getting as many players in as he possibly can, and a shotgun approach to managing people and all. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, there's that story from the uh, from the semi final, isn't there? Uh, the first leg at Preston. Where he supposedly went into the to the dressing room at half time or whatever it were, and said if you if, if you get us all promoted, then you all get new contracts. Yeah. And I don't think there were any new contracts the following year. No. So I think that's you know that's unfortunately what the type of, type of guy. But he got us there, didn't he? He did a, did a did a did a job. <laughs> kept us up there. The, you know when he left, we went down. You know. Yeah. 
But I don't know. Is that was a that was the legacy of of him being there? I don't think he'd have kept us up. Possibly. No, I don't. You never know. You don't know. No, you don't. It's just it's, like I say. I don't think he would have done. Might have done. Don't know. Yeah. Just not my kind of bloke. No, I, I, I remember when we signed him, and we were all just sort of sat there thinking, "Oh God, what have we done?" Yeah, we might get us up, but God, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then to be fair, I, I, my, my view hasn't. I, I am very thankful to him for what yeah. he's for us. I am genuinely. Um, however, my view hasn't changed it at all. No. No, I agree. But I think he's probably got to go in. You can't. I don't think he can get a double promotion react and then not be at least be in the final four. Well, you've yeah. got to say. Well, then Ronnie's got to go in then. Yeah, it definitely. I think Ronnie, Ronnie will win it. Ronnie, I think Ronnie will win it. We'll move on to Ronnie in a minute. But we'll possibly even last, but Ronnie's Ronnie's top at list for, as far as I'm concerned. But should we move on to somebody a bit older, Mick? Do you want to get somebody from your earlier days or you think maybe should, you know, get a shout in this? Um Ian Porterfield. Mm. Um Ian Porterfield was with us from uh, sort of the very end of ninety nine and took us up. Um but Ian Porterfield was a man that created that team with Ronnie. Tony Towner, uh, Stan Cliff, Ray Mountford, that side, that championship winning side mm. was in Porterfields, and it was in Porterfields doing. Um, he was a fantastic manager. Mm. Um, and, and for me, he definitely should probably, definitely should be in there uh, for his achievements because, again, we didn't spend any money. We weren't a club that could spend a lot of money because we didn't have any. Yeah. Obviously, he obviously picked selected a team or selected players brought them together as a team and boy did they perform mm. like, like I said in one of two of these previous podcasts I think when we were talking about strikers and about Ronnie um, and why I weren't sure that he should have been in greatest strikers because Ian Porterfield created the perfect storm for Ronnie mm. um, to, 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 to thrive everybody about him knew the job was good at the job or outstanding at the job uh, and that were down to in Portfield. Um, for me, he was a terrific manager. And you look at his win rate as well. 71 matches and he only lost 18 games. <laughs> wow. Very good. I mean, uh, and, uh, you know, he went, on to, he went on to Sheffield United on the promise of bigger, you know, a bigger club and everything else. Mm. Um, and I don't, I suppose at the time, I, I remember being quite annoyed about that. Mm. I begrudging that when I look back at what Rotherham United were then, you know, the state of the ground, the state of the the the, the board, if you like, the chairman and, and everything else, it was never going to go anywhere at Millmore because the club was never going anywhere. Um, that's just how it was, you mm. know. Um, so he went on to bigger and better things. I don't think he particularly flourished anywhere else because I don't think he ever got really... <clears throat> Got the, the the quality of football that they had, mm. or the team spirit. I don't know. Whatever it was that took us up, it was quality on pitch. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, well, that, yeah. that, that that team's remembered fondly. Whenever, whenever we've put out on Twitter or Facebook about this greatest eleven team or manager, or whatever, a lot of players from that team have been mentioned. A lot of people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you could mention something. <clears throat> You know, I'm sure as we've gone through that greatest team, 
Mm. Somebody from that team has been mentioned in virtually, if not all, positions. Yeah. Um, which 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 is testament to what he built in that squad. Um, and it's not just us; it's people. You know, it's other people on Facebook and Twitter who are contributing. People are mentioning, you know, players from that team all the time. So, so yeah. No, yeah. Uh, somebody move on to the straight after that. Uh, Emlyn Hughes. Yeah. Uh, looking at this, I, I, we were talking before we go on. I was looking at the, the positions where we finished when he was manager. With the first season, we finished seventh in Division Two. Yeah. We were what five points, four points off promotion. Yes, to, we to the top flight. Yeah. Wow. Um, and obviously, that's for as you've just mentioned for everything else about the, about us. That would have been a, obviously an incredible achievement. Yeah, that was a pinnacle, wasn't it? That was that was the the six uh, nil against Chelsea. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure Paul was still manager then. No, he left. He yeah. left after after promotion, according to this. <clears throat> oh, I might, that might be wrong, though. Emily Hughes came to us as player manager, having made 474 appearances for Liverpool wow. and 62 for England. <laughs> um, yeah. And he did a decent job. Um, but there is a big but for Emily News, for me. Um, the the rumours were abounded uh, after a period of time that nobody liked him. <laughs> right. None of the players liked him, etc., etc. Those were the rumours. They were always sort of quashed a little bit. No, 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 that's not true. And I remember on a Tuesday night seeing him score a goal for us, which was an absolute worldy. It was an absolute world-class goal from outside box, off top of, off bottom at bar, into back at net. You know what I mean? Goal is no chance. Absolute yeah. world-class goal. And I remember him turning and running to celebrate, and the other ten players basically turned their back on him and walked away. <laughs> and at that point, I thought, they're not rumours. These, yeah. not rumours. He was not liked. Quite clearly. Well, yeah. yeah. By by a lot of the players, and I don't know whether that's just his reputation. I don't know what the bloke were like, um, but he did all right. You know, like you said, we finished seventh or whatever it was in, in what is now the championship. Um, probably our highest ever position, I assume. I, I don't know. Uh, no, we uh, we finished third. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, just as a side note, Ronnie Moore was top scorer in that in that year in the league. <clears throat> Right, beating some. Uh, I've just put on Twitter the other day that it was top scorer finishing ahead of Gary Lineker. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would put that on Twitter, Matt? Oh, I don't know. I've not got it in front of me. I can't, I'll see if I can find it. Well, you. What's his name called? Um. Um. Oh, what's his name now? Uh, Ronnie Moore. No, <laughs> weren't Ronnie Moore that put that. <laughs> I thought that was no. actually funny. <laughs> no. All right. Well, he liked it. It was Mick Lambert. Oh, I went to school with Mick. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Mick Lambert put it on. Yeah, all right. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> that's. Yeah. Uh, so, do you think Portfield's got a shout to be on the list? Or? Without a doubt, for me, without a shadow of a doubt. And he brought Ronnie Moore. Well, yeah. He brought Ronnie Moore to our club. So, whatever happens. 
So, moving on to another, other more recent one. Benjamin, how do you feel about Neil Warnock? Um, I think he, I think he's got to go in. I know we're on, what it was six months out of it. Less than that, February. February. What, what? Didn't we go on, on eleven games unbeaten? About that, yeah. Something ridiculous with the team we had as well. It weren't a weren't world class team, was it? No, no, not at all. It weren't a good team, and he really dragged us out of that relegation. Like we were bound to be relegated, and he dragged us out of that clearly, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. We did episode a few weeks ago, didn't we? I think we were, what, four points adrift when he came in, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he just took us. <clears throat> yeah. It, well, the, the, form, the form he put put us on was promotion-winning form. There's no yeah. ifs or buts. That, if that yeah. would, if you if you kept that form up for a year, we'd have gone up. Yeah. That's a big if and a but, but... That's I don't it. think you can include him because of the length of time. It's but like... Is, is that achievable? I know, but it's like Solskjaer not getting a contract at Man United after going on that unbeaten run and saying he's one of the best managers to have ever lived. The difference is that Warnock achieved something. Warnock did. Warnock was brought in to do this, to try and do this impossible job, and he did it. Solskjaer's won a game against PSG. He did do it, but who's to say if if another manager came in, they they could have done it. Another manager might have done, but I took Neil Redfern once kept us up. No, but I just think the length of t- it needs to it needs to be someone that's more than f- that were there for more than four months. I don't know. Uh, can I say that we had we had Tavernier in though, and he was the same amount of period True. of time, weren't he? Yeah, that's a good shout. I think Tavernier were longer than four months. No, no, no it, 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 to me, loan for a second half of the season. That's six months. Well, January, January to May is not six months, but anyway. Five months. <laughs> uh, I think there's a shout for Warnock to be in. Um, yeah. We'll go through some other ones, see if there's anybody else that we think is possibly more worthy. But th- there might be one in there. Um, probably time to move on to Ronnie, or the king, as people <laughs> refer to him. Um, Ronnie came in 97 after... the. The season before is my one of my first sort of memories of watching football, that relegation season. Yeah. I remember it being a really grim place to be to watch football. Yeah, it wasn't joy towards it. It was, you know, really grim. And that summer when he came in, there were a massive fuss and a massive excitement that Ronnie had came come back. Obviously, me was seven, eight year old, I had no idea what, what it was all about. It was just this guy had come in. But I had a post on my wall, Ronnie's coming home, and them two, we had a couple of friendlies against Barnsley and Aberdeen or something like that, and there was this massive swell of excitement coming when he came back. Um, but the first season was a bit, a bit drab, weren't it? We finished 7th or 8th, something like that, not outside of playoffs anyway. Yeah. Um, but it, it took him a season or two to sort of get his own team in, player-wise. But when he did... Well, you look at the players who brought in, they went on to be legends. Yeah. Uh, Warney, obviously, Erste was there before, but obviously, Erste kept going. Um, Kev Watson, did Kev Watson come in Division 3? I can't remember, but he, 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 I can't remember whether he came in Division 3 or after we'd been promoted. I want to say after we'd been promoted. Yeah, possibly. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it, to be fair, everybody had. 
There'd been there'd been a lot of talk about it during Danny Bagara's reign about who were going to take over when it was clear and obvious that eventually he was going to go. Mm. A lot of talk around town as, as to who everybody wanted, and, and and there was started to be a bit of a well, a lot of momentum building towards uh, people wanting Ronnie back. Um, Boothy was the chairman at the time, um, and. The consensus is that Boothy didn't really care for the club, weren't interested. Mm. All he wanted to do was make sure they didn't have to spend too much money. Yeah. Um, whether that's right or not, I don't know. You know, there's there's loads of different stories. Uh, but I don't think the club itself had no intentions whatsoever of, of approaching anybody else. And I don't really think, as a manager other than Bagara, and I don't think that they would have looked at, at Ronnie initially until the sort of the bandwagon started rolling a little bit from from fans and everything else uh, Ronnie wasn't available he was a manager at Southport this is my knowledge this is to my memory so I will stand corrected and I'm sure that if um, I'm sure there'll be one or two that will correct me if, uh, if they know better uh, he was a manager at Southport having been assistant at Tranmere for a while um, and I, I, please don't ask me when this was, but obviously prior to his appointment, um, my dad and two others from Rotherham, whose names escape me for the moment, but I will remember him, uh, travelled across to Southport to see Ronnie. To did, did you say your dad? Yes, I did, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I don't know who was involved in the meeting. Um I don't know whether my dad were involved with it or not. Um, I, I, it's bugging me now. I can't remember Barry, Barry, and somebody else anyway, uh, to, to see whether he'd be willing to come across to, to to Rotherham. And I think that sort of opened the door. My understanding is that opened the door to to him coming across. And eventually, obviously, he did. And there was talks, there was chat, and everything else. Um, and 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 he was given the job. Um, and we we organised a. Um, a do to Zone Nightclub <laughs> unveiling. Um, and I remember we 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 put all sorts on fireworks and everything, you know, indoor fireworks. And and I remember that night at the Zone, and anybody that were there, if anybody's anybody's listening on on, on and wants to comment on it and and give us your memories of it on Facebook or on Twitter, you can, if you can imagine a nightclub at six o'clock or seven o'clock on a Friday night or whatever night it was, absolutely packed, solid, full of football fans. Um, and we played, it, we played football's coming home because that was, that was the song that had been, it had been sung on Tivoli on, on weeks sort of running up to it. Um, you know, Ronnie's coming home, Ronnie's coming home. Um, and, and, and then the, we played that song and it, it, it came out and there were, to, to sparklers and all sorts of stuff. And I'm sure he's got memories of it as well, but what a fabulous, fabulous night that was. And it was a massive thing. Mm. It was a massive deal for, for, for the town, for the club, because it was like a homecoming. It was genuinely like a homecoming for us. I don't know how Ronnie felt about it, being, not being a Rotherham lad, um, although he is now, clearly, and has been ever since. Um but, but yeah, it was just an amazing, an amazing night that, um, and we got our man. Yes, everybody wanted. He was the man that everybody wanted. Everybody at the club, supporter-wise. Mm. 
Well, then we got him, and he didn't disappoint, did he? Not half, no. Unlike I said, he, were, he <clears> wasn't <throat> particularly backed. I don't remember us spending. If we spent money, it were very minimal amounts of money. Um, and they were always talking throughout his entire time at us that it was always the lowest paid manager in each division we're in, basically. Or if not the lowest paid, one of the lowest paid. Yeah. And the jobs they were doing were well and above what he should have been able to do with the team and squad. Um, it's fair to say it wasn't a one-man show. Him and Brecken as, as a management team, they yeah. worked so well together. I think Brecken maybe the brains behind the operation from, ta- from a tactical side. Yeah. Um, but Ronnie was obviously the, fa- the face and the voice of it. And, well, yeah, it was something special. That Alan Lee goal is one of the great <laughs> moments of my Robin watching life. It's just yeah. something else. And that, that season, you know, it was another one of them seasons. It was a bit like that promotion one from League Two where there's a couple of moments that happened, every, you know, like the yeah. Bradford game uh, for that season. There were that Oldham, Oldham game. We played Oldham away towards end of the season. And we, it was something like 2-2 with about five minutes left. And Rob Scott basically scored from a throw-in. Yes, that's right, yeah. His throw went in straight from straight in. I'm sure we were sat behind goal. It definitely went straight in. Yeah. Um, but I remember it, that, yeah. It, it, it was allowed. It, again, one of those moments, like there is in promotion seasons, where you just think, this is this is going our way, this, you know. this is. It feels like this is going right. And it, obviously, obviously it did. Yeah. Uh, and then to go into the championship and compete, with some of them clubs. Yeah. I mean, when last season, a few well, under Evans, there was a, a gap in terms of budget between us and the big boys. Yeah. But when Ronnie were in charge, there were a gap in budget between us and everybody else in the division. Yeah. Whereas last season, you know, top seven or eight, a, a budget above. All 23 teams were a budget above us when yeah. Ronnie were in charge. Uh, and for me, that's why I would always pick him over Evans. Evans was backed, even in the championship, he was backed with a reasonable amount of money. Not, you know, not saying he had millions and millions. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think Stuart would have ever said no to Evans where possible. No. Whereas I think when Ronnie asked for stuff, I imagine most of the time was can no. we get something cheaper? Well, can we get you know yeah. this? Um, and we were constantly saying people for low money. It's not. It's not like he kept the best players either. No. We sold people for peanuts. Yes. Yeah, we did. We did. And, and obviously that's changed now. But yeah, 400 matches in charge for Ronnie. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I they were obviously talk about him leaving a couple of times. He almost went to Ipswich, didn't he? Yeah, they were talk about the Ipswich move, weren't they? Um, which obviously never never came off. No. Um, and then he finally left. I mean, I remember the first game after he left, and it was one of the weirdest atmospheres ever. It were almost like somebody had died. Yeah. There was no atmosphere around the stadium. We were already relegated, basically. Yeah. But he left, and it was all sort of like, everybody was just sort of like, well, just, you know. It, yeah, it was really, I don't know how to describe it, really. It was a really weird atmosphere yeah. after he left. Um because that new board had taken over their Millers 05 or whatever they were. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's when, I mean, that was the point at which we really were in trouble as a club. Yeah. Um, you know, Boothie had left, left us in the hands of the supporters, basically. Yeah. And, uh, and, and basically thrown us to Wolves. Wait, it's all the supporters and then made this deal to rent the stadium off them. Yeah. 
for this insane amount of money, which we basically didn't get that amount of money a month or something ridiculous like that. Uh, it just threw us under the bus then, really. Big time. Um, but it money, man. That's all. That's all he were interested in. He was never interested in club. No. Um, but the thing is, you know, you look at Ronnie, you look at Warney, you look at probably Neil Warnock as well. Mm. But certainly Ronnie and Warney, they love they love the club. They've got a, they've got a passion for the club. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're successful. That is why that they are. That's why they are successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's why Warnock. Uh, um, I think that's why Warnock was partially successful because he's a local lad, and he's a diehard United fan. Yes, yeah. He played for as well, didn't he, didn't he Warnock? Yeah, we're yeah. the only club that he's played for and managed. Oh, really? I, I thought I didn't know he'd not played for Sheffield United. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So yeah, no, he didn't play for Chesterfield. Right. Played for Sheffield United. Oh, there you go. Didn't know that. Yeah. He's got a hell of a list of uh, teams that he's managed. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, he, 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 Warnock even said, though, that, that he, keeping us up is one of his best achievements, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, to be fair, he came to our rescue, obviously, at that time when, as you mm. thought, Miller's 05 were yes. in charge. Um, and and, and they, did, they did a fantastic job, or as, as, as best a job as they possibly could. At keeping the club alive at that time as well, yeah. you know, under circumstances, and brought Paul Douglas in, who's who's gone from strength to strength, Paul, mm. as, as CEO. But anyway, that, that's that's not what this is about. This is all about uh, greatest managers in it. So, um, for me, Ronnie's obviously number one choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would also have Ian Porterfield in there. That'd be that'd be my thrill. Yeah, that sounds fair. Ben, Ben, who do, want, who do you want to chuck in? We've got we'll Ronnie and Porterfield to start with. Uh, are we allowed one? I would say not because we don't know. It, we don't know how it's going to end. It could all end in tears. If it all ends in tears, then yeah, I'm gonna put Warnock. And Warnock, cool. Daniel Jones. Evans. Evans. <laughs> he's got to one of his achievements yeah I think a double promotion um, like I said personally I, because of many other things we've talked about I think Ronnie's was a much better achievement but we'll put it out of the field of vote on, I suppose yeah I think I think Ronnie should win it but should we just yeah. skip it and just put Ronnie then <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we'll put that out. I think uh, yeah I think that's a good four we'll put Ronnie Evans Portfield and Warnock as the as the four, it's a good, it's a very good four. They all they all did lots for the club, didn't they? So yeah, definitely. Personally, personally hoping Ronnie wins. <laughs> yeah. uh, so thank you everybody for listening, joining us. That's what that's the four we'll put on. Uh, anybody else got anyone to chat and talk about before we let this go? No. No, no that's everything. Play again. Um, so we, again, it's something we talked about off air, but so according to Sky Sports News yesterday, League One and Two could be decided by the top eight teams from each division taking part in a mini tournament. Mm. How do we feel about that? Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it? Ben? Um, I don't really know to be honest. Really? Yeah. Uh, 
I'm not sure. I don't really care. Oh. So what's in Coventry? Best two teams in division, and Coventry fans will agree with that. We who who might who's in eighth? Who might go up if they win that Wickham. tournament? Wickham. Wickham could go up, and they've been awful. With the worst, they were first for half the season. Awful. Yeah, but I, I guarantee if we played season out, they would not have had a sniff for a chance of being in playoffs. Well, I think I think League Two is a, a much more uh, obvious example of why it's a ridiculous idea. Crew mm. are top on sixty nine points. And if they do the top eight, Port Vale on fifty-seven points would get in to the to this to this mini tournament. And it's like, well, that's just crazy. It just it just seems mad. And again, yeah. something else we as, as we were talking last night is I don't know why they don't just stick to the idea of right, if we're gonna cut season now and everything else, that's fine. Well, why don't you just put the teams up who are in promotion places and have a playoff system for the teams in the playoffs? It just Yeah. That, that's what we do now. Why? Why are we changing it? Well, mm-hmm. you can also say, Don Doncaster are five points behind Sunderland with two games in hand. What if they'd have won their two games in hand? They'd have finished in top eight. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's that's some sort of points per game system. But then that's that that doesn't help because Donny could have, like I said, Donny could have won both their games. But if you didn't do a points per game, that's not going to give them six points. No, exactly. That, that might give them three point eight or what? You know, whatever it'd be. Um. So it's not going to be fair either way. I, I, the Championship are going to finish. The Premier League are going to finish. They are, those two leagues are definitely going to finish on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, because of money. But because there's a lot of teams lower, lower end of League One that might not be able to manage if we keep playing, I think that's why League One might be finishing early. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be after this. I'm not sure how many teams are actually going to be in League Two. Because I don't know how many can actually cope with this. Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be interesting, particularly if we have to start next season behind closed doors. Mm. Again, reading stuff from Accrington Chairman, who is very good, he basically said that whilever we're in a state now of, well, effectively freezing everything, it, that you can get by because you're not paying that much staff because you furloughed everybody. Uh, and if needs be, you could probably defer wages. But as soon as you start playing games, particularly behind closed doors, that's when the danger is going to start coming in for clubs. Because you're asked to fork out match fees for players. You're still playing admin staff to do the administration stuff. You're still playing a certain amount of stewards. You're still going to probably play some police costs and everything else. And probably have to pay some costs for coronavirus testing as well. Mm. But they've got no income because nobody's paying money through gates. So then how do you fund it? There's no funding and things like that. The one about we won't be able to attend football matches till earliest 1st of October. Yeah, these are all... The EFL have said that's optimistic. In Germany, Germany, I don't think are allowing fans until 2021. But they're on about starting the season in the next few weeks. Uh, 9th of May, they're talking about, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on, Mick. If, if only we had some sort of organisation that was sort of in overall charge to, to, to look after the benefits of, of the clubs that are struggling, you know, mm-hmm. make decisions on their behalf. If only there were such an organisation... Mm. Uh, they could, what they could do they could call it the English Football League or EFL for short mm. um, and then, then they could make sure that we've still got 92 clubs next season <laughs> they've, already, they've already managed to get rid of one of them uh, it's the, 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 the way the EFL are dealing with this is an absolute outrage it's scandalous there are clubs going to the wall there are clubs going to go to the wall they're going to go bust and they're doing nothing at all about it it would appear. 
Uh, I don't know whether there's anything going off behind the scenes, but if there is, there's absolutely no transparency whatsoever. What What can they do, though? What, what do you reckon they could do? To help these clubs out, they could also, to, to, at least to keep them going until they make a decision, but they could also make a decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? End the season now. If, if, the, end of, if the end of the season now, everybody would know what's happening. And yeah. The, the, it's, it's, it's basically fine. Absolutely, you can start to plan for the future. Yeah. We'll get the clubs will get their their positional uh, awards, financial awards based on where they finished in, in league. Then they will have a certain amount of income, and then they're into the close season, just as they would have been. Mm. But as we stand at the moment, we're waiting and waiting and waiting for the seasons going on longer and longer and longer. Contracts are going to run out. They're paying, wa- they're paying wages for players who aren't playing. They get, it's just an absolute debacle, and they're doing nothing about it. Mm. You know, if, if we had a weekly, a weekly output from them, just saying, look, this is what we've talked about this week. Maybe this will happen. Maybe that will happen. Maybe this. We, we, this is what was this club. Something. Talk to us. Tell people. They're not telling people. No. They're not telling people because they're not doing anything. No. And clubs are going to go out of business. People are going to lose. People are going to lose their livelihoods, and supporters are going to lose their clubs. Mm. Yeah. And the EFL, genuinely, it appears, don't care. No, it doesn't seem to. We're we're very we're very lucky that we've got a, a, a well-run club. But 15, 20 years ago, we'd be oh, one of them clubs. We'd have been gone. Yeah, we'd be we'd be one of them clubs that potentially going to wall. It's just not right. It's just not right. But no. it's, it, again, you've got people like with the FA. You've got people in charge who've been in charge for however many hundreds of years, and they don't care. They're only in it for only they're only here for beer, aren't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my rant. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully, in the next week, with everything seeming to cool down on the COVID side, we might start be, being in a position where decisions can be made by the Premier League, and then when the Premier League make the decisions. The EFL will trot alongside them with whatever they do. Yeah, um, yes sir, no sir, three bags full. Yeah, exactly. The, pre- the Premier, the Premier League have basically put <clears> in that <throat> is to get back training at the same time that Germany start playing. So yeah. around the 9th of May to get back training, and then I will play the re- restart the season within a few weeks of that is their supposed plan. Uh, but, the, but then the EFL said we're not going to we don't recommend enemy start training again until 16th to 17th of May. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, so then you've got 13 days before, you know, oh no, sorry, a month and 13 days before all your contracts run out. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully, by the time we come back next week, we'll have something else on this to discuss, but I wouldn't bet any money on that. Yeah, you never know. Um, so yeah we'll leave that one there for now and we'll come back to that rant next week um, so yeah we'll do that and then we'll put the votes out for the manager for later we don't know what we'll do next week as next week's episode uh, we'll quiz, do a full quiz episode or we may mm. some people on Twitter and Facebook suggesting we should be picking a captain it's like a club captain for yeah uh, again of our history the great greatest level captain of it um we might even put that as a vote on later week, see what people want to listen to, see if they're interested. We could also do an episode on on Worst Eleven, so we could create our own Worst Eleven. 
from one, one to eleven in manager, but that'll only take one episode. Uh, yeah. But hopefully, well, at the minute we've got time to kill. Hopefully that won't last long. But you know, so yeah, we're going, we've gone down to one one episode a week at the minute just because we're sort of running out of things to talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, no midweek episode. We'll come again next week with either a quiz episode or a captain's eleven or a worst eleven. We'll see. And we'll take it from there. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Daniel Jones, for taking part in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, Ben, for doing thank the um, thing at the start, the words. All right. Uh, and thank Bye. you, Nick, for your stories and for stuff. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll see you again next week. Cheers. Yeah. Bye. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.